Chapter Twenty, Part Two of Ramona. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. Ramona by Helen Hunt Jackson. Chapter Twenty, Part Two. From this day, Alessandro was a changed man. Hope had died in his bosom. In all the village councils, and they were many and long now, for the little community had been plunged into great anxiety and distress by this Dr. Morong's affair, Alessandro sat dumb and gloomy. To whatever was proposed, he had but one reply. It is of no use. We can do nothing. Eat your dinners today. Tomorrow we starve. He said one night, bitterly, as the council broke up, when Isidro proposed to him that they should journey to Los Angeles, where Father Gaspera had said the headquarters of the government officers were, and where they could learn all about the new laws in regard of land, Alessandro laughed at him. What more is it, then, which you wish to know, my brother, about the American laws, he said. Is it not enough that you know they have made a law which will take the land from Indians, from us, who have owned it longer than any can remember, land that our ancestors are buried in, will take that land and give it to themselves, and say it is theirs? Is it to hear this again said in your face, and to see the man laugh who says it, like the lawyer in San Diego, that he will journey to Los Angeles? I will not go and Yesidro went alone. Father Gaspera gave him a letter to a Los Angeles priest, who went with him to the land office, patiently interpreted for him all he had to say, and as patiently interpreted all that the officials had to say in reply. They did not laugh, as Alessandro in his bitterness had said. They were not inhuman, and they felt sincere sympathy for this man, representative to two hundred hard-working, industrious people in danger of being turned out of house and home. But they were very busy. They had to say curtly, and in a few words, all there was to be said. The San Pascale district was certainly the property of the United States government, and the lands were a market to be filed on and bought, according to the homestead laws. These officials had neither authority nor option in the matter. They were there simply to carry out instructions and to obey orders. Gisidro understood the substance of all this, so the details were beyond his comprehension. He did not regret having taken the journey. He had now made his last effort for his people. The Los Angeles priest had promised that he would himself write the letter to Washington, to lay the case before the headman there, and perhaps something would be done for their relief. It seemed incredible to Yusidro as riding along day after day on his sad homeward journey reflected on the subject. It seemed incredible to him that the government would permit such a village as theirs to be destroyed. He reached home just at sunset, and looking down, as Alessandro and Ramona had done on the morning of their arrival, from the hill crests at the west end of the valley, seeing the broad belt of cultivated fields and orchards, the peaceful little hamlet of houses, he groaned. If the people who make these laws could only see this village, they could never turn us out, never. They can't know what is being done. I am sure they can't know. What did I tell you? cried Alessandro, galloping up on Benito, and training him in so sharply he reared and plunged. What did I tell you? I saw by your face and many paces back that you had come as you went, or worse. I have been watching for you these two days. Another American has come in with Morong in the canyon. We are making quarrels. They will keep stock. You will see how long we have any pasture lands in that end of the valley. I drive all my stock to San Diego next week. I will sell it for what it will bring, both the cattle and the sheep. It is no use, you will see. When Isidro began to recount his interview with the land office authorities, Alessandro broke in fiercely. I wish to hear no more of it. Their names and their speeches are like smoke in my eyes and my nose. I think I shall go mad, Isidro. Go tell your story to the men who are waiting to hear it, and who yet believe that an American may speak truth. 
Alessandro was as good as his word, and the very next week he drove all his cattle and sheep to San Diego, and sold them at great loss. It is better than nothing, he said. They will not now be sold by the sheriff, like my father's in Temecula. The money he got took to Father Gaspera. Father, he said huskily, I have sold all my stock. I will not wait for the Americans to sell it for me and take the money. I have not got much, but it is better than nothing. It will make that we do not starve for one year. Will you keep it for me, father? I dare not have it in San Bescale. San Bescale will be like Temecula. It may be tomorrow. To the father's suggestion that he should put the money in a bank in San Diego, Alessandro cried, Sooner would I throw it in the sea yonder. I trust no man henceforth. Only the church I will trust. Keep it for me, father, I pray you. And the father could not refuse his imploring tone. What are your plans now? he asked. Plans? repeated Alessandro. Plans, father? Why should I make plans? I will stay in my house as long as the Americans will let me. You saw our little house, father. His voice broke as he said this. I have large wheat fields. If I can get one more crop of them, it will be something. But my land is of the richest in the valley, and as soon as the Americans see it, they will want it. Farewell, father. I thank you for keeping my money and for all you said to deceive Morong. Isidro told me. Farewell and he was gone and out of sight on the swift galloping Penito, before Father Gaspero besought himself, and I remembered not to ask who his wife was. I will look back at the record, said the father, taking down the old volume, he ran his eye back over the year. Marriages were not so many in Father Gaspero's parish that the list took long to read. The entry of Alessandro's marriage was plotted. The father had been in haste at night. Alessandro assists, Marcella fell, no more could be read. The name meant nothing to Father Gaspero clearly an indian name he said to himself yet she seemed superior in every way i wonder where she got it the winter wore along quietly in san Bescale. the delicious soft rain set in early promising a good grain year it seemed a pity not to get in as much wheat as possible and all the san Bescale people went early to ploughing new fields all but alessandro if i reap all i have i will thank the saints he said i will plough no more land for the robbers but after his fields were all planted and the beneficent rain still kept on and the hills all along the valley wall began to turn green earlier than ever before was known he said to ramona one morning i think i will make one more field of wheat there will be a great yield this year maybe we will be left unmolested till after the harvest oh yes and for many more harvests dear alessandro said ramona cheerily you are always looking on the black side there is no other but the black side marcella he replied strain my eyes as i may on all sides all is black you will see never any more harvest in san Pascale for us after this if we get this we are lucky i have seen the white men riding up and down the valley and they found some of the cursed bits of wood with figures on them set up on my land the other day and i pulled them up and burnt them to ashes but i will plough one more field this week though i know not why it is my thoughts go against it even now but i will do it and i will not come home till night marcella for the field is too far to go and come twice i shall be the whole day ploughing so saying he stooped and kissed the baby and then kissing ramona went out ramona stood at the door and watched him as he harnessed benito and baba to the plough he did not once look back at her his face seemed full of thought his hands acting as it were mechanically after he had gone a few rods from the house he stopped stood still for some minutes meditatingly and went on irresolutely halted again but finally went on and disappeared from sight among the low foothills to the east sighing deeply ramona turned back to her work but her heart was too disquieted she could not keep back the tears how changed is alessandro she thought it terrifies me to see him thus i will tell the blessed virgin about it 
and kneeling before the shrine she prayed fervently and long she rose comforted and throwing the baby's cradle out into the veranda seated herself at her embroidery her skill with her needle had proved a not inconsiderable source of income her fine lace-work being always taken by san diego merchant and at fairly good prices it seemed to her only a short time that she had been sitting thus when glancing up at the sun she saw it was near noon at the same moment she saw alessandro approaching with the horses in dismay she thought there is no dinner he said he would not come and springing up was about to run to meet him when she observed that he was not alone a short thick-set man was walking by his side they were talking earnestly it was a white man but did it both presently they stopped she saw alessandro lift his hand and point to the house then to the tule sheds in the rear he seemed to be talking excitedly the man also they were both speaking at once ramona shivered with fear motionless she stood straining eye and ear she could hear nothing but the gestures told much had it come the thing alessandro had said would come were they to be driven out driven out this very day when the virgin had only just now seemed to promise her help and protection the baby stirred waked began to cry catching her child up to her breast she stilled her by convulsive caresses clasping her tight in her arms she walked a few steps towards alessandro who seeing her made an imperative gesture to her to return sick at heart she went back to the veranda and sat down to wait in a few moments she saw the white man counting up money into alessandro's hand then he turned and walked away alessandro still standing as if rooted to the spot gazing into the palm of his hand benito and baber slowly walking away from him unnoticed at last he seemed to rouse himself as from a trance and picking up the horse's reins came slowly toward her again she started to meet him again he made the same authoritative gesture to her to return and again she seated herself trembling in every nerve of her body ramona was now sometimes afraid of alessandro when these fierce glooms seized him she dreaded she knew not what he seemed no more the alessandro she had loved deliberately lingeringly he unharnessed the horses and put them in the corral then still more deliberately lingeringly he walked to the house walked without speaking past ramona into the door a lurid spot on each cheek showed burning red through the bronze of his skin his eyes glittered in silence ramona followed him and saw him draw out his pocket and a handful of gold pieces fling them on the table and burst into a laugh more terrible than any weeping a laugh which rang from her instantly involuntarily the cry oh my alessandro my alessandro what is it are you mad no my sweet marcella he exclaimed turning to her and flinging his arms around her and the child together drawing them so close to his breast that the embrace hurt no i am not mad but i think i shall soon be what is that gold the price of this house marcella and of the fields of all that was ours in sempescale to-morrow we will go out into the world again i will see if i can find a place the americans do not want it did not take many words to tell the story alessandro had not been blowing more than an hour when hearing a strange sound he looked up and saw a man unloading lumber a few rods off alessandro stopped midway in the furrow and watched him the man also watched alessandro presently he came toward him and said roughly look here be off will you this is my land i am going to build a house here alessandro had replied this was my land yesterday how comes it yours to-day 
something in the wording of the answer or something in alessandro's tone and bearing smote the man's conscience or heart or what stood to him in the place of conscience and heart and he said come now my good fellow you look like a reasonable kind of a fellow you just clear out will you and not make me any trouble you see the land's mine i've got all this land round here and he waved his arm describing a circle three hundred and twenty acres me and my brother together and we are coming in here to settle we got our papers from washington last week it's all right and you may just as well go peaceably as make a fuss about it don't you see yes alessandro saw he had been seeing this precise thing for months many times in his dreams and in his waking thoughts he had lived over things similar to this a most preternatural calm and wisdom seemed to be given him now yes i see senor he said i am not surprised i knew it would come but i hoped it would not be till after the harvest i will not give you any trouble senor because i cannot if i could i would but i have heard all about the new land law which gives all the indians lands to the americans we cannot help ourselves but it is very hard senor he paused the man confused and embarrassed astonished beyond expression at being met in this way by an indian did not find words come ready to his tongue of course i know it does seem a little rough on fellows like you that are industrious and have done some work on the land but you see the land's in the market i've paid my money for it the senor is going to build a house asked alessandro yes answered the man i've got a family in santiago and i want to get them settled as soon as i can my wife won't feel comfortable till she's in her own house we are from the states and she's been used to having everything comfortable i have a wife and child senor said alessandro still in the same calm deliberate tone and we have a very good house of two rooms it would save the senor's building if you would buy mine how far is it said the man i can't tell exactly where the boundaries of my land are for the stakes we set have been pulled up yes senor i pulled them up and burnt them they were on my land replied alessandro my house is farther west than your stakes and i have large wheat fields there too many acres senor all planted here was a chance indeed the man's eyes gleamed he would do a handsome thing he would give this fellow something for his house and wheat crops first he would see the house however and it was for that purpose he had walked back with alessandro when he saw the neat whitewashed abode with its broad veranda the sheds and corrals all in good order he instantly resolved to get possession of them by fair means or foul there will be three hundred dollars worth of wheat in july senor you can see for yourself in the house so good as that you cannot build for less than one hundred dollars what will you give me for them i suppose i can have them without paying you for them if i choose said the man insolently no senor replied alessandro what's to hinder me then i'd like to know in a brutal sneer you haven't got any rights here whatever according to law i shall hinder senor replied alessandro i shall burn down the sheds and corrals tear down the house and before a blade of the wheat is reaped i will burn that still in the same calm tone what will you take said the man sullenly two hundred dollars replied alessandro well leave your blow and wagon and i'll give it to you said the man and a big fool i'm too well laughed at i'll be do you know it for buying out an indian the wagon senor cost me one hundred and thirty dollars in santiago you cannot buy one so good for less i will not sell it i need it to take away my things in the blow you may have it is worth twenty i'll do it said the man and pulling out the heavy buckskin pouch he counted out into alessandro's hand two hundred dollars in gold is that all right he said as he put down the last piece that is the sum i said senor replied alessandro to-morrow at noon you come into my house where will you go asked the man again slightly touched by alessandro's manner why don't you stay around here i expect you could get work enough there are a lot of farmers coming in here they'll want hands 
a fierce torrent of words sprang to alessandro's lips but he choked them back i do not know where i shall go but i will not stay here he said and that ended the interview i don't know as i blame him i might for feeling that way thought the man from the states as he walked slowly back to his pile of lumber i expect i should feel just so myself almost before alessandro had finished his tale he began to move about the room taking down folding up opening and shutting lids his restlessness was terrible to see by sunrise i would like to be off he said it is like death to be in the house which is no longer ours ramona had spoken no words since her first cry on hearing that terrible laugh she was like one stricken dumb the shock was greater to her than to alessandro he had lived with it ever present in his thoughts for a year she had always hoped but far more dreadful than the loss of her home was the anguish of seeing hearing the changed face changed voice of alessandro almost this swallowed up the other she obeyed him mechanically working faster and faster as he grew more and more feverish in his haste before sundown the little house was dismantled everything except the bed and the stove packed into the big wagon now we must cook food for the journey said alessandro where are we going said the weeping ramona where ejaculated alessandro so scornfully that it sounded like impatience with ramona and made her tears flow afresh where i know not marcella into the mountains where the white man come not at sunrise we will start ramona wished to say good-bye to her friends there were women in the village that she tenderly loved but alessandro was unwilling they will be weeping and crying marcella i pray you do not speak to one why should we have more tears let us disappear i will say all to isidro he will tell them this was a sore grief to ramona in her heart she rebelled against it as she had never yet rebelled against an act of alessandro's but she could not distress him was not his burden heavy enough now without a word of farewell to any one they set off in the grey dawn before a creature was stirring in the village the wagon piled high ramona her baby in her arms in front alessandro walking the load was heavy benito and baber walked slowly captain unhappy looking first at ramona's face then at alessandro's walked dispiritedly by their side he knew all was wrong as alessandro turned the horses into a faintly marked road leading in the north-easterly direction ramona said with a sob where does this road lead alessandro to san jacinto he said san jacinto mountain do not look back marcella do not look back he cried as he saw ramona with streaming eyes gazing back towards san Bascale. do not look back it is gone pray to the saints now marcella pray pray End of chapter twenty part two recording by ellie july two thousand and nine